awesome. Thank you, Sean. Hey, I always like to give honor where honor is due, and uh, I just got to say right now, the worship team, they are fantastic. Could we just give them a clap real quick? And, and uh, our wonderful production team, and, and Sean, oh my gosh, like you guys are amazing. Their hearts are so humble, and uh, it is, it's truly a blessing to, to be with you guys today. Hey, we're going to go ahead and we're going to open up God's word. Um, we're going to go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, and I just encourage you that if you brought your Bible with you, go ahead and open it up. If you brought your cell phone with you, come on, that's your Bible. So go ahead, we're going to go through God's word together. And Acts chapter 20, we're just going to kind of camp right here. I'm going to share some other scriptures, but this is going to be our home base and our foundation for today. And I want to I encourage you um, to take notes this morning. Note takers are history makers. God dealt with my heart years ago, and that's so important. You never know when God will bring it up out of the well of your heart and, uh, and in due season. And uh, I also want to acknowledge uh, my wife as you're turning to Acts 20. You know, my wife and I, we do ministry together. I don't know. She's here somewhere. But, but in ministry, come on, the whole family does ministry. And so you're just in it together. And, and God's been so good. And he's, he's blessing us. And it's just awesome. But my wife is amazing. Men, young men, when you get married, you will always hear the Holy Spirit so clearly through your wife. I just, that, that one was free. That one's free. So lean into that. But Acts chapter 20, let's go ahead and jump into God's word. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus, and he called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I have always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many Tears and trials which had happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How, I, how I've kept nothing back that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house. Testifying the Jews and also to Greeks repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Except the Holy Spirit testifies in every, in every city saying, chains and tribulations await you. What, what a word Paul keeps getting. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dearer to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. This is amazing. This is, a, this is a powerful portion in Scripture talking out of Acts 20 about the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul, he's, he's nearing the end of his life, and, and he's lived a tremendous life, a, a fabulous life, and it's been terrific. And he's gone to cities like Thessalonica and, and Ephesus and Philippi, and, and, and he's gone all over Asia. He's been spreading the gospel. He's even been in Rome. When in Rome? And, and, and he's been used so powerfully by God. That's when you know there's an anointing. Hallelujah. He's entering the last days of his life, and he's actually called for the elders of the church. He's making this great appeal as he goes out in his last days. And I want to preach a message this morning. If you're taking notes, you could go ahead and write down the title of our talk. It's called Symptoms of the Call. Symptoms of the Call. Turn to somebody. Right now, and just go ahead and tell them symptoms of the called. That's right. I want to preach a message on the call that God has placed on your life and understanding that call. And, and I believe that God didn't just simply put us here on earth, but, but God has sent us to the church. 
God has sent us to Cranberry Township. God, God has sent us into the city of the Steelers, city of the, of the Pirates, city of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Can I just get an amen? And we've been called by God for such a time as this. And I want to preach a message today, symptoms of the called. And we're just going to pray and we're going to acknowledge God this morning. Can we just bow our heads? Father, we just thank you that, that your word's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light to our path. God, I thank you that we can leave here encouraged, strengthened, excited for the call that you've placed on our life, Lord. And I, I'm just thanking you for giving us clarity on what that call is this morning. Lord, Holy Spirit, prompt our heart and do a work that only you can do. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen, amen. Now, there's one thing I hate. There's one thing I, I, just, I can't stand it. I don't know if you're like me, but I hate getting sick. Anybody else? Like, like when you get the tickle throat, the fever, the headache, like chills all over, you're just, you're just cold, like it, it, it's just nasty. When Alyssa and I, when we had first just gotten married, we had to do house sitting. And so we came back to my in-law's house and we were, we were dog sitting, house sitting if you will. And it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up, I was so sick. I mean, so I beelined for the bathroom, and I'm, I run into the bathroom. When I get in there, like, I'm hugging, I'm hugging the porcelain, you know, like, like I'm like, I violently began to throw up. Like, my eyes felt like they were going to pop out of my head. The blood was rushing to my head. Like, did I get chunks on the floor? <laughs> Let's not get into the details. But I was so sick, so sick. And that morning, it was a, it was a Saturday going into a Sunday, so... We had church in the morning, so I had to get up. I had to go preach a message, and, and after I was done preaching a message, literally, so right after that, we were going to help my parents get moved into their new apartment, and when we made it there, I mean, I, I was so sick, and, and so I, I literally had to lay on the couch while everybody was moving stuff in, and I, I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to move. It's the middle of May, and all I wanted was a hoodie, and I'm complaining to my family, and, 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 and it, 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 was just, it was so much. I had all the symptoms of being sick. And I'll just say this. Can you see the symptoms of your call? Because there are symptoms to your call. And, and when you're being called, you can always tell, by the way, you are called. So let's just roll out that thought that, uh, what, like, am I called? No, you are called. God called you by name. Come on, he created you on purpose for a purpose. And, and, and you have been called by God. So anything contra to that is a lie from the pit of hell. There are symptoms to your call. I, I love what Paul is saying in Acts chapter 20. In, in verse 17 and 18, the first thing that he does is he calls for the elders of the church. So Paul is teaching us that he's establishing relationship, that, that he, he is honoring authority in his life. He's not going out and doing anything on his own. No, no, he wants the elders to be a part of it. Let me just encourage you, one of the things you ought to do in your life is get some elders in your life. Maybe it's some pastors, maybe it's some parents, maybe it's a leader or a youth leader or a teacher, but do not make decisions on your own. Paul is saying, I don't want to just go, I want to go out sent. So I need to get some approval. I, I, I remember when, when Alyssa and I, when we were, this is literally just three months ago, when we were starting to take over student ministries, God had placed it on both of our hearts um, at the same time that, that we were to, to approach our boss, my, my mentor, and, and tell him what, what God put on our heart to oversee both ministries. 
And so through this process, it was, it was crazy. And we, we had sought out some pastors and, and our pastors, and we were processing the call of God on our life. And we had, we had a backing and approval. There is safety with the covering. Somebody say amen. So he's called for the elders. He brings them all together and, and watch how he begins his speech. He's, he's, got, he's got the elders and he, and he wants their approval. He's not willing to go out without relationship. And so he's called for the elders and he goes, hey, hey guys. He's presenting his case. Now watch the symptoms of the call. Guys, you know how I've served the Lord here in Asia with all humility. I'm, I'm going to give you five symptoms of the call today, and you can write down number one. They're servants. Paul said, you know how I've served the Lord with all humility. Yeah, I, I, I've been serving God through tears and tribulations, and, and I've been serving God. There, you know, there's something about someone who knows how to serve. Can I tell you one of the things that's so powerful about Jesus is Jesus lived to serve. He was the servant of all. He, he tells this beautiful picture one time. He's, he, he's, he's got all his disciples. He goes, hey, guys, let me ask you a question. I just thought, if there's a dinner table and everything is set out and, and, and they got this guy at the head of the table and they're serving him ribeye and wine and cheese. He goes, the guy that's being served, let me ask you, who's greater? Is it the one that's serving him? Or the one that's being served. The disciples, they're like, okay, Jesus. Like, <laughs> this is a captain obvious answer. Of course, the greater is the one that's being served. And Jesus, yeah, but isn't it interesting that I, the son of God, that, that I came as a servant among you? That Jesus lived to serve. Jesus poured out his life. He was the servant of all. In fact, in this kingdom, Jesus said the greatest one is the one who serves. Can I say it this way? If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. There's something about positioning yourself as a servant. The gateway to greatness is servitude. If you want to be great in life, choose to serve. If, if you want to have great relationships with your parents, serve your parents. If you want to have great friendships, serve your friends. If you want to have a, a, a great job, serve the people in the community in your job. Come on, if you, if you want to have a great church, serve your church. There's something about taking the posture and the position and, 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 and being a part of serving. They're, they're being, Paul said, y'all know my credibility. I've been serving with all humility. It takes a humble person to serve. The law of opposite of humility is pride. Pride says, pride says serve me. Pride says promote me. Pride says it's all about me. Pride says tag me. Hello, somebody. We live in a self-absorbed society where self-centeredness wins. Wherever we see pride in our culture, it wins. Whoever praises themselves and worships themselves the most, that's who wins in our society. But kingdom culture is opposite. Kingdom culture celebrates humility. Come on, is there anybody here in this room today that wants to be a servant of God? Watch what Paul's really saying. He said, I've been serving with all humility. And then he adds two thoughts that I think are so insightful he says with tears and tribulations in, in other words when you and I when we serve God it's not going to be easy and there's going to be some tears involved can I just encourage you today that making the kingdom a priority in your life will always be an inconvenience whenever you make the kingdom of God your main priority it will not be convenient to you but you will be satisfied 
He's saying, I've gone through some trials, and in addition, I've gone through some tears. You know, one of the things, I love Holy Spirit tears. Like, I love it when you're in church, and, and the worship team's just killing it, and they, your song comes on, you know, and you just start to, you just start to cry, and you're like, I'm not emotionally unstable. I'm just unstable, you know, like, like, and it just like, but, but, but then there, it's like God begins to do something in your heart, just Holy Spirit tears. God starts moving in your life. And watch what Paul's saying. He said, I've been telling the elders that, guys, if, if I cried there, I'll cry here. If I had a burden for this city, I'll have a burden in, 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 in that city. And he's proving that he served God through tears and through tribulations. And, and, and I, remember, I remember Pastor Zach Blair. When you, any, you all know Pastor Zach Blair. Maybe you don't. But when he was planning Hill City Church, I remember, he, I remember him telling us, we were sitting in his living room, and he said, guys, and he, he, we're in his living room, he just began to cry. He's like, guys, I, I've got a burden for Robinson Township. He's like, I, I, I just, I, I, I want to help them take their hill. I, I wanna, can I just encourage you that you can get tears from the Holy Spirit? When you get tears from God, Paul's saying, I, I want to serve you so badly that I cried over you. I care about you. So, in fact, symptoms of the called is, number one, they're, they're serving, they're servants. Number two is, they're givers. He said, I've been serving the Lord with all hu humility. I've kept nothing back from you. I've been pouring out my life. I've been throwing my heart over the line. I've given you everything that I've got. There's something about somebody that lives with passion, that lives with zeal, that lives on purpose, that, that I'm not holding anything back. I'll give you every cheat code I got. When I was growing up, we used to get everybody around and we would play these video games and, and you know, I like, uh, you ever have that one friend that just comes over and they know all the cheat codes and so I never knew how to do any of that. And like, so we would be playing 007, GoldenEye, James Bond, yeah, and some of you, you don't even know, but we, like, when we had this friend, he'd put in all the cheat codes and I didn't know how to do any of that. Like, up, down, box, triangle, square, your mama. I, I just never, like, I, I never got it. And, and but, but you ever have that one friend that won't show you any codes? Don't live your life holding back a blessing. Don't live your life holding back a secret. We ought to live our life saying that if I've got, if I've got a quote that will encourage you, if I've got a, a verse that will encourage you, come on, if I've got a gift that will encourage if I've got something, you know, a lot of times when I'm reading God's word and I just feel like, oh, like God, that was for me. That, yep, you spoke to me. I'll go right to Instagram because if it encouraged me, it can encourage somebody else. I'll post that thing right away. Why? Because I'm not holding anything back. I live to be a blessing. And let me just say something to you. You ain't living until you start giving. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Paul, Paul said that, that I've served the Lord with you all humility. But I ain't held nothing back. There's something about the world of the generous. There's something about pouring out your life. Anybody that's, that's your prayer that you just want to live to be a blessing. Anybody? Let that be your prayer. Let that be your passion that, that when you get touched by grace, you start to pour out your life. We had a, we had a student. She was amazing. She was 11 years old. We had just started the middle school ministry. And we had got it started about six months in. She, she came up to Alyssa and I. And she said, my, my goodness, like OMG. It is amazing what God is doing here. And, and nobody knows. I don't think that they have an idea. And, and she said, but I got to tell you, you guys are missing it. I'm like, Really, you're back here and you're complimenting my work? And, 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 and she's like, listen, all of my friends are on social media. And, and so 
what she did is she went home and she created all of our social media accounts and she started posting and, 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 and then she was texting us and she's coaching us. And, and you know what that is? That's saying I'm not, I'm not holding back a blessing. I'm living to give. Watch what Paul's saying. Symptoms of the called, symptoms al always tell you where people are at. He said that I was a servant. I was a giver. Now watch the next thing he says. He goes in great succession. Watch this. He, he goes, I served the Lord with all humility, tears and trials. I literally held nothing back from you. I went from house to house, church to church. I declared everything that I know. I poured out my life. And then he said, you know, I've been testifying to both Jews and the Greeks everywhere I went. So another symptom of people that are called is, is number three, they're not afraid to talk about it. They're just unashamed of their faith. Everywhere they go, they got to tell somebody about Jesus. They gotta, they're not afraid to talk about the one that has changed their life. The, the Bible says in Romans 1.16, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of being counted as a Christian. I just want to release you today to stop being scared of being a Christian. That you should be proud of representing Jesus. If Jesus saved your life, if you've been touched by grace, if you've been changed, then, then, then you want to be proud to say, listen, maybe you don't want to be associated with some Christians and some people. All right, I'll give you that. But I want to be associated with Jesus. God's not weird. People are weird. There's something about somebody that says, I've been testifying about Jesus. Now notice the two areas that Paul said that he's been talking about God. He said first the Jews and then to the Greeks and and so let's look and go historically into this context and look at the audience in which he's speaking. So the first is the Jews, and we could translate that today to church folk. He said, I'm not afraid to talk to other church people about Jesus. Just because somebody goes to church doesn't mean that they have an accurate picture of Jesus. He said, I've shied back. I've not shied back from talking about the gospel. And, and there's some people that are in church that are so steeped in religion that they need to get freed by grace. He said, I've been going house to house, place to place, and talking to other church people and helping them get freed from religiosity. But, but then over here, we've got the Greeks. Now, you've got to understand that the Greeks in this context are Gentiles, okay? And so the Gentiles thought that they had no shot of becoming Christians. Gentiles in this context are the worst of the worst. They're the scum of the scum. They're the least of the least. And Paul was sent by God to this people group. He was not sent to religion. To religious people he was not sent to church people he was sent to lost people to broken people people that thought that they never had a shot at the gospel and Paul said I've been talking to church folk but you best believe that I'm going out to some people that are in my city and in my town and in my neighborhood that are broken and so far from Jesus and I'm sharing the good news do you know who Jesus is do you know what Jesus could do Come on, let's be thankful today that you and I, we don't have to do one or the other, but we got the Holy Spirit, and we can do both. Paul's been talking about this thing. He said, I'm not, I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed, he's just not ashamed of his faith, and I just wonder what our schools would look like if we would just step up and, and not be afraid of being counted Christian. I just wonder what our homes would look like if we would stop and pray before we eat and thank Jesus for everything that he's done for us. I just wonder what your school would look like if you gave God a praise break on the way in. 
There's something about saying, I'm not afraid to talk about this thing. I'm not afraid to answer this one question for my faith. You know, years ago, we had a, we had a student that was graduating. She was, she was in 12th grade, and she was graduating student ministries, and she came up to Alyssa and I, and she said, can I interview you guys? And it was a school project. And so she had her camcorder. Y'all don't even know what that is. She had her camcorder out, and she was recording, and, and, and she was interviewing me, and she was asking me some of the hardest questions. And she, she asked a bunch of questions, like, how did, how did Echo get started? And, 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 and she would say, tell me of a time that you had major failure. And I'm like, Meh. Like, okay, that, you know, that kind of hurts. And, 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 and how did that make you feel? And so I'm like, Meh. Like, you know, and, and, and she's like, have you ever felt unqualified? And I'm like, gosh, woman. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking down. I kinda, I'm like, I feel shady right now. Like, you know. But it almost felt liberating to talk about it. And I'd say, yeah, I, I had this one event that really changed the trajectory of, of our life. And, and this one thing that, you know, people in church, they, they said this, and it really hurt us. And, and we did this over here. And this one time I disobeyed God, and, and I saw this happen. And, 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 and I just wonder what church would look like if we weren't afraid to invite somebody to church and we weren't afraid to talk about it. What would it look like? It's all about us stepping up. It's about, it's about saying, I- I'm proud to be saved by grace. It's not proud that you're perfect. Come on, we're all sinners. It's not, it's not proud of your behavior because, no, come on, we all need Jesus. But, but it's that we're proud that, we ha- that there is a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ, and, and he's changed our lives. Anybody God's changed their life? So they're serving. They're giving. They're talking about it. And then, and then my favorite part, this is verse 22. Now I go bound by the Spirit to Jerusalem. Symptoms of called people is that they're, they're always I have to, not I want to. In other words, God is moving in my heart to do something. He, and it's this burning desire. I, I can't shake it. I must do this thing. Paul has a sense of, of going like, it's, it's not like he's like, yo, you know, we're going to go to Jerusalem. It's going to be, it's going to be do-. like, no, no, he's going, now I go bound. Other translations could be arrested. Another translation could be, I go burdened by the Holy Spirit who is compelling me and telling me to go. Remember, Jesus faced the same thing in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is right before he died on the cross for the sins of the world. And, 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 and Jesus felt this exact same thing. It's not that he wanted to go. It's that he had to go. He even prayed to the Father. He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass for me. But nevertheless, not what I want to do, but what you want. Called people always have this sense of I have to, not I want to. I just, I just think that that is so fitting. You know, sometimes life goes full circle. I remember being fifth grade and sitting on a bus and going away for a science retreat. And literally, when I, when I came into the bus, as I'm walking down the row, all, all of my friends, they're like, what's up, Pastor Ben? What's up, Pastor Ben? What's up? And I'm like, who told you I even go to church? Like, how'd, how'd you even know? And, and I remember sitting down in my phone. I'm like, arms crossed. I never want to be a pastor. My mother dragged me here. I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart so clearly. He said, I, w- I, want, you to be a, I want you to be a pastor. I remember... I remember thinking, shoot, it's not what I want to do, it's what I have to do. 
like God was moving my heart to do something like like I had this burden that I couldn't shake I couldn't I couldn't get away from it and and when you start to recognize your call there will always be a symptom of mandate it's like this sense of mission it's like I, I've got to do this thing like if, if I had another option I would choose another option but like no I this is this is a God thing it's a God thing by the way be careful in your life when you throw out the God card if you throw out the God card, you better know that you know that you know that it's God telling you. I remember growing up in church, and, and you know, when, whenever, whenever people in my church would break up with a girl, they would, they would throw out the guard card because they, like, they, didn't, they didn't know how to tell her. They'd be like, oh, yeah, we need to break up because God told me. No, come on, God didn't tell you. You didn't like her breath. It stank. Come on, be real. When it's God, you know it's God. When it's God, you can't shake it. Paul's saying, I've served the Lord with all humility, trials and tribulations and tears, and I didn't hold anything back that I've been given, and I, I've been testifying to house to house and church to church, and I'm telling everybody that I know about Jesus, and I go bound by the Spirit. This is, this is God's idea for my life. Be thankful today that if God wanted you somewhere else, he would have told you to go somewhere else. If God wanted you somewhere else, he would have he had your parents in a different neighborhood. But God has called you here to this city for such a time as this. Right now, God knows what he's doing in your life. He said, now I go bound by the spirit. This is crazy because he's like, I'm, I'm not even like going like, hey, this is Jerusalem. It's going to be like the Bahamas. Like, you know, it's going to be awesome. He says, no, I go to Jerusalem and I've got the fear of the unknown. I don't even know what it's like on the other side. And, and in verse 24, he brings this epic conclusion indicating to us what called people look like. He's called for the elders. He's stated his case. He, he, he knows what's awaiting him. And he, and, and, and he knows that this isn't his idea, but this is God's idea. And watch how he concludes in verse 24. This is such a profound, riveting portion of scripture. And, and I'll just encourage you that if you're somebody who enjoys memorizing verses in the Bible, that you should commit this one to memory. Maybe you write it down on a sticky note. Maybe, maybe you save it as your, your desktop on your cell phone, your screensaver, or, or put it somewhere where you're going to see it and just work on memorizing this verse. Because to me, I think that this, I think what Paul is saying is some of the most liberating words in all of Scripture. Watch what Paul says. Verse 24, but none of these things move me you know, you've come to such a safe place in your faith when you're just unshakable. When you're unmovable. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I'm going to go ahead and invite Miss Vicki up. She's going to help me sound super spiritual in a moment. You can write down number five this morning called people, you can always tell it's a symptom because you live to make much of Jesus. It's what they live to do. It's their obsession. They stop being obsessed with money. They stop being obsessed with fame. They surrender and they give up their obsession with this, that, and the other because they've traded it and exchanged it to make much of Jesus. Paul is, he's concluding his case, isn't he? He wants their approval so bad. This is, this is the epic conclusion. It's like, it's like remember the Titans, the, the last big game. He stated his whole case and he's saying, 
all that really matters to me on this planet is bringing other people to Jesus. Like nothing moves me. I don't count my life so dear to myself. In other words, he's saying, I'm not in love with me. I don't live for me. It's not about my success, my name, or my fame. It's all about Jesus. Symptoms of call people is they have this glorious obsession with making much of Jesus. It's their obsession. They want Jesus to be known. They want Jesus to be lifted up. They want Jesus to be in our cities and in our schools. They're just Jesus people. It's what he's saying. Can I tell you today that the Father who is in heaven is obsessed with making much of Jesus. That's the Father's rule. The Holy Spirit who hovers to and fro and is, every, is on every tongue and, and on every tribe. His obsession is to make much of Jesus. Scriptures in the Bible, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. The Bible points everybody to a person, his name is Jesus. All creation is about Jesus. The heavens are about Jesus. The earth is about Jesus. The church is about Jesus. Come on, is there anybody here today that says, I want to I wanna live to be obsessed with making much of Jesus? He's going with a passion of saying, look, I know that people might not have an idea of church, but they don't even know Jesus. Like my life doesn't even count to me because all that matters is that people would understand that, that Jesus is grace, Jesus is peace, Jesus is love, Jesus is everything you need. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Oh, if they just understand it, that it's my mission and it's my motto. Look, if you're here today, like Ben, this is cool, but what's my call? I believe that if you'll walk out those five things, if you just walk them out, and I believe that if you pray and you ask God and you seek his face and you walk out those five things and you pray some more, that God will make it so clear to you. I believe it will come obvious. And sometimes you find your calling where your pain and your compassion meet. It's that intersection. It's your love and your, your pain can point you in the direction to where your calling lies. I wanted to pray for you today. Can you bow your heads? Father, we thank you that as we gathered together today that we're saying as a church that we've been called. And we believe, God, that you love Cranberry Township more than we love Cranberry Township. And God, would you make this personal for our individual lives? God, would you help us to be servants? Would you help us to be givers? Would you help us to be those that are not ashamed to talk about it? God, would you help us to be those that really live to make much of you, Jesus? God, we're asking for the help. Lord, we want all the symptoms. We want the headache. We want the fever. We want the runny nose, the cold, the chills all over. God, we want all the symptoms of the call. Would you make it obvious for us, God? Let us be on mission. Let us have purpose and passion and direction and and God, we thank you for giving us clarity and leading us into the next season of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, God.